Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Always love having you in a program, Lee Kaplan, with the law firm of Spicer, Kaplan, and Veselka, and uh, that's uh, skv.com. But he's also, uh, and we talk a lot about business and the law, but we also talk a lot about politics. He's very passionate, very well-versed, and has recently made a decision. It's been several months now, uh, but has made the decision to run for Mayor of Houston, real quickly before we get into our topic today, why don't you talk a little bit about that? Well, I'll keep it simple. This is a nonpartisan race. The election is next November. I have a website, KaplanForHoustonMayor.com, and all of the text on that is written by Lee Kaplan, and there's a short video as well that has a script, again, written by Lee Kaplan. So obviously I've used experts to do the videography, and I have uh, consultants for the campaign, but they left that alone, which I appreciate, and so I think if people feel like looking at the website, it's KaplanForHoustonMayor.com. It's a nonpartisan race, and I think it deserves uh, engaged but nonpartisan treatment. Uh, that's what being yeah, a mayor yeah. is all about. So. I think so. I think uh, we have had a, a history in recent years, really decades, to be honest with you, where an office that is historically supposed to be very nonpartisan has become incredibly partisan. And we're certainly seeing it even in the Harris County race. We're not doing the mayoral races. What years you've mentioned, the mayor race is uh, next year. Uh, but, you know, it is so incredibly partisan. It, it, it's, it's extremely difficult. And so I'd love to see uh, re- restoration of that uh, kind of n- normalcy that cities were known for for uh, generations in this country. Most cities, there's always exceptions, right, like Chicago and New York. But, uh, you know, that, that, those were exceptions. Unfortunately, they're more and more becoming like the rule. Well, every candidate comes to a campaign with distinct views about one thing or another, and there's no way to hide them, and I wouldn't want to hide them, and I don't know that anybody else will either. But being the mayor requires blocking and tackling. It's labor-intensive. It is about delivering services and not having an ideology other than delivering services effectively. And... Lord knows the city has a lot of services that need to be delivered effectively. And that's what I'm going to try to do within the limits of my ability and my life experiences. So yep. I'm not going to fool it. Let's uh, expand. So let's expand the conversation. This is a, you know, a good introduction to your uh, future, for your race, which is uh, taking the election next year. But we have right now a, a very interesting race going on here in Harris County. Uh, it is partisan beyond belief. Um, it is so vicious. You've got uh, members of uh, the uh, county commission not showing up because they don't want to vote. You and I both know that's happening because they want to wait till after the election and hope that there's a new county judge, right, to change the, the outcome of that vote. You know, and, of course, the Democrats say they're horrible human beings for doing that. And, of course, Democrats have done the exact same thing in the Texas legislature to hold up legislation. So, I mean, acrimony and polarization seems to be the rule, and, you know, not only here but around the country. I think that's true. The fault line probably began with the abortion debate. But there are many things that people disagree about 
passionately. And that drives turnout. And whether it's good to have as many one-issue voters as we seem to, I'm not sure. But uh, it, it at least means that we'll have a lot of voters. I, I read last night or I saw last night on uh, uh, some news station, and maybe more than one, that 83,000 people early voted in Harris County yesterday. And that's, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a record, but this is not a presidential year, and that's really a lot of voters. And that's a good thing. I think, you know, we need to have people voting. If you if if you uh, have a view, you ought to find a way to express it, and one of the ways to express it is by voting. So I would tell people, turn out no matter what, uh, because that's the way you have the most influence in what happens in in your world world because quite mm-hmm. frankly whether president biden and the congress end up increasing your taxes is important but what happens right here is very very critical to your life on a given day how the streets work whether the cops come in a timely fashion uh whether you get the various services we rely on at at a uh at a residence, just whether or not the city works or the county, that's really important. And uh, without my suggesting to anybody how they should vote, I would say vote. And vote on the judges, too. Please inform yourself about the judges and go all the way down the ballot. It does not take that long. Mm-hmm. Do you think the, uh, you know, uh <laughs> The campaign we're seeing, the Democratic judges are pro-crime. It's, come on. I mean, it's essentially what they're saying, Lee. I mean, it's unbelievable. Um, you think that those are, are getting traction or have traction? You know, I know enough from what my work in political campaigns that if our polling was showing something didn't work, we did something else. And, and they keep doing it, even even though those a lot of the Kent claims have been tested, they have been proven to be false. Uh, that doesn't seem to be deterring them from uh, continuing. Well, I don't know, but I have to assume that somebody thinks that the kind of ads they're running are effective. And I think as just somebody who is not a sociologist, but just an observer of human nature, people are more likely to vote over things they're mad about or scared about than there are things they're happy about. Not too many people say, things are going great. I need to come out and vote for that person, or at least relatively mm-hmm. not as many as those who say, I'm mad about this, and so-and-so intends to fix that or change it. That's important. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I think there are so a lot of people that, who are mad John- a lot of people are mad. Yeah, yeah, that drum is being uh, pounded very loudly, um, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens in that. Um, let's go a little further out. We started with the court courthouses, and now uh, let's head to the state house. You know, and and what's going on in the, in the big three race is how I kind of look at it with the governor, lieutenant governor. And uh, with the attorney general, who I thought was a dead man walking politically, the attorney general. I can't believe we have an attorney general with the incredible clouds of accusations uh, over his head. Uh, you know, and, and I mean, it's, it's really quite extraordinary. Talk about the big three and, and the big three races, those three. 
Well, I understand some of these controversies are not very well understood by voters, uh, but I am surprised that the attorney general can have so many staff members quit over what they perceive to be clear ethical violations and that the state's chief legal officer can survive that. And I don't know whether he will or not, but it looks as though he may. And, of course, his approach, as best I can tell from TV ads, is to make out other people as being um, corrupt socialists or something. So um, I don't know. They're... they're, most most people seem to think that Paxton and Patrick and Abbott are safe. I don't know that I would say that. I just I honestly can't can't prognosticate what's going to happen in the election because even though early voting has started, there's always a chance for some uh, earthquake event to occur, whether it's another school shooting or. Uh, someone is caught in a corrupt deal or a challenger has a similar problem or there's some kind of domestic abuse. I mean, there's so many different things that can sway an election, uh, even given the theoretical uh, easy uh, lead that Governor Abbott has. I just have no idea what's going to happen. And uh mm-hmm. I don't think it's being mealy-mouthed to say that. I think there's honest uncertainty about what happens, and you don't know until people actually vote. So I simply encourage everyone to vote so they have some say in what happens. Yeah, and, uh, you know, in that that same vein, you know, it seems to me, first of all, it seems like people have been fudging on their views for polling for quite a while, but it's almost like 2016 was a turning point. When people went to bed, you know, in, in 2016, the way it was being interpreted, you know, polling, you know, Hillary Clinton was the next president of the United States, and then here we are. And what we found out is there was a huge amount of people who said, I'm not, you know, I'm voting for Hillary, or they hedged their beds a little and said, I'm not sure yet, but they had already decided they were voting for Trump. And it seems like there's this animosity since the vast majority of media uh, does the polling out there, uh, you know, that there's so much animosity towards the media, it, it can no longer be reliable because of the information they're getting from people they're polling. I mean, it, it's weird how uncertain people are. In the old days, people knew almost right after Labor Day is what they used to say. We pretty much knew, except for incredibly tight races. Um, it, it's a very weird phenomenon today. Well, and there are many people who literally won't tell pollsters what they think. I mean, there are three three things have had some effect on polling. Number one is everybody has cell phones. Very few people answer to a home phone. Uh, number two is traditionally um, in more traditional families, uh, women who are wives have been reluctant to tell pollsters what they really believe. And so most times uh female candidates have done a few percentage points better than what was predicted. Why? Because the number of women who might have voted for them or intended to vote for them did not tell the pollsters anything different from their husband's desires. And third, there are many conservatives now who won't tell pollsters anything because they think the pollsters are the enemy and unreliable because Mm -hmm. they're part of the media. So they'll hide what they're going to do. 
So there are various cross currents about that that make it harder to predict elections now than it would have been 20-some years ago. Yes. Lee Kaplan, uh, why don't you mention your, your, uh, your mayor website, mayoral campaign website again as we wrap it up. KaplanforHoustonMayor.com And also, I'm going to put you on the spot and let you pull out your crystal ball. And what's your thoughts on, on those three campaigns statewide that I mentioned at the beginning? Um, you know, and again, I, 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 I hate my crystal ball too, but I still use it. Uh, what, what is your, I think all three of them, all three Republicans win. So I'll put my neck out there, although I'm, I'm prepared for surprises and, and, and really believe we might need some. Your thoughts? I'm not knowledgeable enough to speculate. So failing that or any reliable poll information, I'd just say I'm not, I'm not equipped to disagree with you. All right. We'll unbox it after the uh, after the election. There's going to be a lot to unbox, I'm sure. Lee Kaplan, always love having you on. I'm Kevin Price, and this is The Price of Business.